James chapter 1. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brothers, that every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. This is the word of the Lord. James says, every good gift and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. At the seminary, there is a place on campus called the Food and Clothing Co-op. It's for poor seminarian students to go and get food and clothing. The food is for those, of course, that are married and live off campus and aren't able to maybe have another job in addition to the studies to afford food. And so uh, they get their chicken and canned goods from there. And the clothing co-op is for anybody. If you need a new dress shirt or slacks or something, you can go there and you volunteer a little bit of your time to earn points to then go back and buy with those points the food or the clothing that you need. And to do the volunteering, that's an important job because somebody has to take all of the donations and stock the shelves. And I remember this because you would see all of these clothes in a big room that was, were dumped off or sent over to the seminary from people that wanted to help. And many of them, of course, were primo items, nice brand names that maybe was missing a button here or there that could easily be fixed or had a little bit of a ketchup stain below the breast pocket or something like that. And those were the great finds. Once in a while, though, you would find a leisure suit that should have been burned at least as far back as 1977. It's amazing the types of things that people would donate, but sure enough, you would find them in there often. We understand, though, of course, if you go to a clothing co-op or some sort of second-hand store that things are, well, second-hand. They're going to be used. They're going to have a little bit of wear and tear, and nobody's expecting something to be pristine like it's just out of the box, and so it's acceptable for the donors and for the students. But I want you to imagine something that's a little used, a little worn, a little tattered, that's not for a donation to a situation like that, but it is given to somebody, given to them as a gift. But not just to a stranger, a strange student at a school that you may or may not have been to, but somebody close to you. I was thinking about an example of this, and a few years ago, Dad gave me an old miter saw. It was a Delta, which is a pretty good brand, but it was really old and it didn't work well. And so I said, well, hey, I'll take that because maybe I'll learn to be mechanical and, and kind of take it apart and figure out what's making the engine not work. And of course, what happened? It sat there and sat there for year after year. And then finally, I realized I'm not going to do anything with this. So I put it out on the curb and within an hour, someone had picked it up and it was gone. But I want you to imagine that if instead of doing that, I thought, well, my wife has birthdays every year and I'm always trying to think of a good gift for her. You know what she needs is a miter saw that doesn't work. <laughs> now, I'm not a great gift giver and it's taken, I don't know, seven years to kind of get to where I am and even that's kind of mediocre. Uh, but that would have been a new low even for me. It would not have gone over well. We all understand why, of course. 
Common sense tells us, and there's an unwritten rule to the universe, the people that you love in your life, you give good gifts to. You spend a little bit of time, effort, and sometimes money to get them something nice. If you love someone, your gift for them shouldn't really be cheap. Shouldn't be last minute or second hand, and certainly not re-gifting, especially if you run the risk of giving them something that they they gave to you years before. No, decency demands it, and the implications of gifts that you give other people are very high, and there's a lot at stake, often, in getting it right. Now, maybe sometimes it's done in ignorance or by mistake or just by somebody learning how to give gifts, but a shoddy gift does speak volumes, especially when a shoddy gift is given from us to the Lord. Jesus Christ, we know so well, is the Father's gift to the world, his gift to all of us. He is not a partial gift. He's not an imperfect gift. He's not a last minute or a second hand gift to us, but he is a full and a perfect gift. On Good Friday, that gift was unwrapped as he atoned for the sins of the world on the cross. And by faith, we have what that gift gives, full, free, and complete forgiveness of all of our sins. With that gift, we also have the clear word which proclaims him and his work to us and conveys all truth. We have the holy sacraments, which deliver what Good Friday won to us individually, directly. He calls us, this Lord, this gift of us, or to use James' language in the epistle, he brings us forth by the word of truth to be the firstfruits of his creatures. These things are marvelous gifts, are they not? And all, by God's grace, undeserved, unearned, good, and free. And Christianity is just this. Faith in these things, faith in this good gift of a Savior and all that he brings us, and a life that naturally flows out of that faith, an implication of that faith. So to speak, God has given, has gifted himself to us, to each one of us, and we, in return, do what? Give ourselves back to God, not as a payment or a bribe, but as a living sacrifice, as a thank offering to God our creator, redeemer, and sanctifier. We are being made and declared as the first fruits of him and Jesus Christ, and so what do we do as thanks? We live as first fruits. We live lives accordingly. God has given us such a wonderful gift of his love in Jesus that we respond in our lives the best way that we can. But what does that mean in the negative sense? That means that we, as people that are Christians, who are people of the light, no longer live in the darkness of the present world. We do not, as Christians, continue to join in the revelry of sin, of rampant, unrepentant sin, following our passions over and against his word, which bids us to lead sanctified lives. To be a Christian, to try and do that, is just trying to have our cake and eat it too to want to live according to the old Adam, but also to have God's stamp of approval in the form of forgiveness or something like that. And really, if we do try and do that, what are we doing? But we're offering God a shoddy gift, secondhand, poor, and nasty, in response to his beautiful gift to us. No human relationship we know so well works well that way, right? You know, give your spouse a bad gift once and maybe you'll learn from the mistake and you try your best not to do it again. But you just continuously do it over and over and over again. 
It eventually is a good indication to them about how you feel truly about them. The actions do speak louder than words. So James says this, slow down. In your life as a Christian, as someone who has been redeemed by Jesus Christ, be slow to speak, not living in the pasture of anger, offering your own opinions loudest and first. Be, when you have an opportunity to be anger, be slow to get to that point, and or insisting on your own measure of justice. We know well that the quickness to wrath does not produce the righteousness of God. And think about your own life for a second. In what time, or situation, or place is ever you getting angry in the moment and expressing that anger to the person you're angry at, when has that ever borne a lot of good fruits? When have you ever done that and not had to kind of walk back and say, I'm sorry, please forgive me? Maybe it works for you, it almost never does for me. And of course, James continues, for the Christian, filthiness and rampant wickedness should have no enduring part in us. It runs contrary to who we are, contrary to the one who has given himself to and for us. But rather, as redeemed people of Jesus Christ and his blood, we are to receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save our souls. The world which makes you alive also empowers you. The word, rather, which makes you alive also empowers you to turn away from sin. It shows you the way, that word, and it strengthens you in going that way. And it enables you, indeed us, all Christians, to live as living sacrifices that the Lord desires. To give back to him as a gift, a heart not that is adorned for Satan and judgment, but to be meek and faithful people, sanctified in his truth. Such is the thanks that we indeed do, O God. Such is the gift that we ought to daily try and give back to him. Let us endeavor all the days of our life to do so. Amen.